Welcome back, everybody, to the Pick and Roll on the Board YouTube channel for our very first episode of the new year 2024. Happy New Year to all of our viewers and everyone out there. Thank you so much for supporting us over the course of 2023. We absolutely had a great year on the channel, and we're hoping to have another great one on the way this year. So you can start us off on the right foot. Bye. Hitting that like button to support the show, helping drive this up on that YouTube algorithm, finding some more viewers to the channel. And if it's your first time here and you want NBA free picks every weekday morning at 9.45 a.m. Eastern time, you can also get yourself subscribed to the channel. So you're going to help us hopefully start the new year off right with the support on the channel. And hopefully these two free picks on today's show can help start your new year off on the right foot in terms of winning some NBA bets. We have two free picks for today both of which are available at BetMGM, one of which is just a one-player, uh, straight-up player prop, and the other one is a two-leg SGP. So let's get into those picks right now and start off the year. First of all, we are going to the Bulls and 76ers game to grab Tobias Harris under 17.5 points for minus 120 odds at BetMGM. And in the second play, it is a two-leg SGP as the Celtics visit the Oklahoma City Thunder. We are going with Shea Gillis-Alexander, 30-plus points, and the OKC alternate spread at plus 12.5 for minus 115 at bet. All right, Pips. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year. Second of all, let's get into the picks and uh, hear why you like, first of all, this Tobias Harris under. Uh, yeah, so... Embiid is clear to play tonight, and Tobias Harris' numbers with Embiid lately have been kind of dry. He didn't score much, so if you take a look, this is last 14 games when he played 25 or more minutes with Joel Embiid, under in 10 out of the last 14, overs against the Hawks at Pistons, that's like the easiest matchup you can have in their season, and yeah, I mean, this number is too high, uh, but when Embiid is playing, and everyone is healthy on 76ers. So yeah, 17 and a half is, is, is a bit high for me. Uh, yeah, last couple of games, he, he was great. He had so many great games with Embiid off, 27 against the Heat, 22 against the Magic, 22 against the Houston Rockets. Yeah, but those three were without Embiid, and it, Embiid is by far the highest usage player. And when he was out, uh, the game against the Magic, uh, Maxi was blitzed. The uh, game against the Houston Rockets, uh, Jabari Smith and Dylan Brooks were out. Uh, Miami Heat put a ton of pressure on Maxi. So these were not the, that difficult matchup as maybe the. The, it sounds, and especially without uh, Embiid, he kind of inflated this, his numbers uh, to, to this uh, point. Uh, last game with Embiid, uh, his, his, his lines were 14.5, 15.5, and I think they should be there now with Embiid being back. Uh, also, interesting, one of the most interesting things so far this season uh they played bulls uh on 18th of december and Embiid was playing in that game and tobias harris played 32 minutes and scored only three points took only three three point uh, uh, uh took only three shots in the entire game playing 32 minutes wow. with both maxi and 
Embiid. And even in the last game, he had crazy run without Embiid. And then they played Bulls in the last game, and he still scored only 15 points, didn't cover, even without Embiid. So, yeah, his usage gets a heavy hit when Embiid is out there. And now Bulls seems like doesn't fit well with uh, Harris. And that makes sense because he loves to drive to the rim and they are taking that away. And he loves to shoot some middies out of isolations. They are taking that away. So I can see Tobias being in a catch-and-shoot role tonight again in the corner. And one-on-one -on -one matchup against Patrick Williams, not a great matchup for him. Patrick is a great defensive player, especially when you try to isolate against him. That's like very difficult to score against. So yeah, I just think this number is a bit inflated. So I think this should be 15 and a half, and maybe it closes close like 16 or maybe even 15. Yeah, with these single player prop types of bets we've had in this season, we have managed to get some really nice closing line value. So hopefully. Mm -hmm. as up the volume as the season goes on we start to see more results uh, in terms of of winning on these numbers but hopefully a good spot here there was a question you mentioned players coming back uh shabdul in chat is asking about the melton absence do you think this will have any sort of effect on harris or you still i mean obviously uh, yeah I, I don't think melton uh, will have much of an impact for with tobias harris like Melton, in the, if he played in this game, Melton would just be a catch-and-shoot guy, and I don't think that impacts at all. Okay. So a little bit of extra confidence on this one for Harris or anybody concerned about the injury to Melton. But let's move to the second play here. Uh, as we said earlier, minus 115 odds to grab SGA 30-plus points and OKC on the alternate spread of 12, plus 12.5 as they host the Celtics. Let's hear the handicap behind this one. So the way uh, Shea is scoring is mostly via isolation and pick and roll bone handler. The Boston Celtics are kind of so kind of surprising, uh, allowing so many points to opposing uh, point guards. So over the course of the season, they allowed the third most uh, most points to opposing point guards below San Antonio Spurs and Pistons. Which is kind of surprising. They allow even more points uh, to the point guards than Milwaukee Bucks, which is insane considering they have Derek White and Drew Holiday there. But that, that's the way they defend. They just put Drew Holiday or White on the posing for guards and they don't help. They just let him let them try to score. And to be honest, that's not an efficient way to score. Like scoring one on one against Drew Holiday and Derek White is. Yeah, if you if you contain everyone else and let them uh, attack Drew Holiday and Derek White for the entire game, they should be good, and they are good there. But Shea is different kind of beast. I don't think like <laughs> insanity. Like no 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 way stopping him. If you take a look at the season, he covered this line in 20 out of 24 games with 30 or more minutes. Insane insane season so far for Shea. He's just all over the place. Like yeah and. Considering this, looking at this, most teams out of on this graph actually double team Shea, and he still covered. And now he gets single coverage against Boston Celtics. Last season he scored 37. Yeah, I mean, so many guys had success, and I think uh, Shea should cook in a one-on-one -on -one matchup. And yeah, they switch also a lot, so he could get isolation against Jalen Brown or 
anyone else, uh, or even when they switch Porzingis on him or Horford, yeah, he should be in a good spot there. And I honestly love Shane every game when I know opponent will defend him just with single coverage because he is very difficult to stop. And he'll get to the line, he'll get to the rim, he'll get to the, his middies. And it's not that uh, he will need to have a high field goal game, field goal attempts game, because everyone else is not capable of attacking one on one. You can't, Dort is a like spot up shooter. Giddy can't make any advantage against anyone on this team, on the Boston Celtics. So it will be like a lot of like, okay, let's give it to Shea with 10 seconds left and let him try to do something. And he'll do. I expect him high usage game from Shady here. Uh, the last second part of this handicap is so so far this season, uh, OKC covered this spread in all but one game so far. So out of 31 game they played, they covered this in 30 games. So only one game they didn't cover this, and it was blowout loss against Denver. And since then they won against Denver at home by one like crazy clutch shot by Shea and then like a week ago or even less they blown Denver away by 26 like there is there are rare teams in the last five years that can say that they blown Denver at home at their home so yeah they're playing insane the last couple of games they won by 23 against the Bulls Again, by nine against the Knicks, 26 against the Denver, and 16 against the Nets. All pretty comfortable wins, easy wins for them. Yeah, Boston is different kind of beast, but they are on the road, and I trust Thunders to stay close in this game at home. All right, so there you have it for the bets for today. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit later on about the big trade over, well, I'd call it a big trade over the weekend, OG and Anobi to the New York Knicks. Uh, before that, we're going to recap the previous show's plays, which were on Friday. We took yesterday off for the holiday and unfortunately end the week on a bit of a sour note here. Extra sour when you consider the manner in which we lost. We had a good week. It was a winning week as well, plus 2.8 units, but it feels like we could have gotten even more. It was a one and two day to end the year, minus 0.6 units. Uh, the big SGP never really got going. Donovan Mitchell easily covered his point line at 29 and a half. But where we really have the tough beat is in the Trey Young and Jalen Johnson SGP. Jalen Johnson does like pretty comfortably covers his his lines, but Trey Young goes one uh, half an assist under the nine and a half line that we had. And when you consider the fact he had eight was eight three minutes into the second half. And he had one assist in his last 17 minutes on the floor. And <laughs> they shot. I mean, they, the, the Hawks were shooting horribly on his uh, on his potential assist in this one. It was a crazy loss. We get a half point loss. And I understand that for assist lines, especially like nine and a half assist lines, it's not really high enough to consider it a hook necessarily. But as I say, when the beat is as bad as this, and the player is as close for so much of the game. Um, I use my discretion and say that I think this one should count. So the counter is off to a pretty bad start. Uh, last season, we had a really bad start on this, and it ended up coming close to even by the end of the season. But
but this is a another notch on the L column here. So we're two and seven when it comes to winning, losing by half on a line. But Pips, yeah, talk to us about this Trey Young and this Trey Young night and what happened with the Hawks shooters. So I watched the entire game. Then I go back and rewatched oh, it again to just oh, count no. potential assists from Trey Young. So uh, the same part is not like high potential assist because the same part is that out of nine assists they had, he had five were dunk, transition dunk. So you can miss those, like very rare to miss those. So if you take those away, he had four assists on 19 potential assists. And right. two were layups. <laughs> so like easy laps, very difficult to miss them. So if you take a look at the, some sh shooting, there were two from 17 on his pass, on his assist, on, on shooting. So like they shot two from seven, like even though Jalen Johnson missed two, two dunks, on, on his assist, Congo missed a dunk, uh, Bay and Bogdanovich missed a layup on his assist, and everything else was three-point shots. So insane, like expected assist in on this quality of shots. I watched, I rewatched the game, and I like give gave it the percentage of a make, and I think the realistic assist in this game were like 14 to 16 assists for Trae Young in that game. Insane, insane, and great start. As I said, three, uh, up to eight assists, three minutes into the second half. Played 18 more minutes. He played 21 minutes in the second half. He was on the floor all the time and didn't get assists all the time. <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. I think yeah. only like fourth quarter, he had like six potential assists and they only made one and yeah insane insane game but by the hawks supporting us like and no one did anything and in second half it's, they they were up by 20 plus or more at one point and lost the game so there is that too just yeah <laughs> tough all around unfortunate but let's start to do your off hopefully on the right foot with the two plays we have today before we go into the recap uh big trade over the weekend saturday uh, was it saturday Whichever day it was, yeah. the Raptors have made a move yeah. here. It was Saturday. OG Ananobi being sent to the New York Knicks. So the New York Knicks also are making some moves here. OG Ananobi goes to the New York Knicks along with some extra filler in Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn. And on the Raptors side of things, they acquire RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 second-round pick via the Detroit Pistons. So a very good second-round pick at that. But OG Ananobi overall his fit with the New York Knicks. How much do you think this changes things for the Knicks as they try to vault themselves into the top of the Eastern Conference to get on par with the likes of the Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers? I'm very high on OG as an impact player. Always have been, and I think his impact is insane. And it went, I think it went a bit under the radar for him playing with, with the Raptors. And now it get the prime spotlight, and he'll get his. Yeah, he'll get his. But the thing is, I'm kind of confused with them going for Anunobi after they lost Mitchell Robinson, because like after losing Mitchell Robinson, this season was 
I would say pretty much done because uh, they went from like third best defense in the league to the like fifth worst, fifth worst defense in the span of 50 games without Mitchell Robinson. Insane. And if they had Mitchell Robinson and went from for Oji Anunobi, they will be insane on defense. Like point of attack, uh, Anunobi defending every best player on the earth. And then you have problem protection inside by Mitchell Robinson inside. Then you have Grimes, Hart. Like it will be great, great team for the playoff environment. Now, I mean, they did improve. But do I think they are contender? If they had Mitchell Robinson healthy, I will actually like put them in like dark horse for, for, for the contention because they have all the tools for the playoffs. And Randall is playing unbelievably good so far. And it, it will be insane like to even just watch them in, in the playoffs. But without Mitchell Robinson, I don't see them up there. But they for sure improved with this. Uh, they had some troubles with defense and point of attack. They solved it they lack secondary creation now without quickly but maybe they make some other, some other moves we'll we'll see and that's on the og part and the, the raptors i really 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 love the quickly fit there i i'm very high on quickly as a player uh and yeah i think he'll be great for you guys I mean, his pick and roll game, his pull up shooting, his defense, his his hustling. Yeah, he will be a, a great, great player for you guys. And the fit is perfect. You you needed exactly the player like him. Second part of the trade, Reggio Verrett, I'm not high on. I actually hate him as a player. Like, he was terrible so far for his career. Like, nothing really going for him. And he's just trash, high usage player that just taking away possessions and, and shooting a low efficiency but coming to the canada could be a thing that could change the the course on his career and maybe he 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 finally starts playing better now that he's at home and yeah if i one place for rj to like change his career i think it's canada yeah, I so so my thoughts in the trade. I think that the Knicks overall I don't think they get that much better with this trade, which makes it a tiny bit confusing to do this, but from the Raptors Raptors perspective, I think they win this trade here to get this sort of valuation for OG who's on an expiring contract anyways is a very well very good job by the Raptors front office. I kind of agree with your sentiments on RJ Barrett. I will say that he's 23 years old. Perhaps Tom Thibodeau's not the best coach suited towards RJ's game. The clip, the the fits feels a little bit clunky with the Raptors for sure, but there's room to grow, especially with what's supposed to be a very development-oriented coaching staff in Toronto. But the real piece in this trade is definitely Emmanuel Quickly. And Raptors head coach Dark Ryakovich has already referenced that they really want to lean into Quickly's playmaking and his pick-and-roll ball, ball handling, and we certainly saw that in his debut for the Raptors against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he, he looks exactly like he looks like the player the Raptors needed, exactly like the type of player that they needed, kind of like a Tyrese Maxey type of player, somebody who can really push the pace, handle the ball, run the pick-and-rolls, and can space the floor, can hit shots off, uh, off movement as well. So 
Emmanuel quickly, I think, is a really nice piece here. And I think, honestly, I think he falls a little bit under the radar coming off the bench in New York. You know, I get he was a runner-up to sixth man of the year last year, but his numbers have improved this season despite the fact that his minutes have dropped this season. So I think with a bigger role, there's a chance for some something really to come out of this one in the future. So I think where this trade is won and lost will be on the development of Emmanuel quickly. And I think that the RJ Barrett side of it, if he can start to get better, can the Raptors maybe mold him to kind of like an Andrew Wiggins type of player where, Hey, we recognize, you know, you're really talented and skillful, but if we tone down your role a little bit, you can now impact winning a lot more going forward. So if that, maybe something like that can go down for Barrett, who, you know, actually played well at 19 points against the Cavs yesterday. I think that this trade could go down as a big success for Toronto for the Knicks. It'll probably be very results-based. You know, if this team challenges for a conference final berth, you know, maybe they take their second round to like seven games, hard fought series. I think that's something that the fan base would respect in New York and result-based as well. Can you keep OG beyond this season? <laughs> Uh, OG's agent is, I believe, the son of Leon is the son of Leon Rose. So there certainly is a possibility he stays beyond this season, which would make that one a lot more of a success for the Knicks. But that's uh, that's really all I got in it. I guess I think the Raptors won the trade. Who would you say won the trade if you had to pick, or would you just say it was an even trade? I'd say in terms of value, I think it's an even even. I think okay. both teams got what they want all right fair enough on there all right that will be all for today like i said we have the two picks on the show today hopefully getting us started in the new year on the right foot first of all in the bulls and 76ers game we're taking tobias harris under 17 and a half points for minus 120 odds at bet mgm our second play is in the celtics and thunder game we're going shea gillis alexander 30 plus points and the oklahoma city thunder on the alternate spread of 12 and a half uh, minus 115 on that one for the SGP. Let's go find some winners. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you guys are tailing the picks, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe for more betting content like this every weekday morning, 945 a.m. Eastern time. We'll see you tomorrow, same time for more from Pick and Roll. 